The views, information, or opinions expressed on the Scullygan podcast are solely those of our hosts and the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of our sponsors or their employees. This podcast is general in nature and for informational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional mental health or medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always consult your doctor or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition, procedure, or treatment. This episode of Scullygan is sponsored by WorkPlus Brain, a research, analytics, and consulting firm established to share analysis, intelligence, and expert points of view on the future of work. The future of work is cerebral. Increase revenue, work less, or get you or your organization in the right frame of mind. Whatever your ambition, our evidence-based coaching and solutions will help you achieve those results or realize your biggest, boldest goals. For more information, please visit their website at work plusbrain.com. Hello, everyone. Russell and I would like to welcome you back to our Sculligan podcast, and we're going to be picking back up where we left off last time on men's mental health at work. And uh, before that, not only thank you for joining us, uh, as we gather here to discuss a matter that's extremely close to our hearts and yours if you're tuning in, which is men's mental health. Now, as you all know, Scullygan has always been about pushing the boundaries of mental health awareness, uh, helping men from all walks of life to navigate the challenges and roadblocks they face in the pursuit of happiness and quality of life. Our mission since day one has been driven by a deep-rooted desire to advance mental health as the critical dynamic to our quality of life. And in doing so, we've acknowledged that our mental state is not just an essential aspect of our daily life, but also in the realm of sports, where it can enhance our experience, contribute greatly to our success, happiness, and joy. And joy is much more important, believe it or not, than happiness. We've shared this journey with you under the name of Scullygan, specifically in our golf endeavors, a name that has resonated with us and you from what we've heard we have loved the com- camaraderie, the banter, and the growth that has come under this banner of Scullygan. But as we continue to evolve, it's time we address the need for a name that encompasses our wider vision and appeal. So Russell and I got together on this, and we agree. And it's with immense excitement and a hint of nostalgia that I announce a significant change today. Scullygan, while it will always be at the heart of our golf endeavors, will give way to a new name that encapsulates our broader mission. Moving forward, this podcast will be known as Brothers in Balance. Yes, Brothers in Balance, a name that signifies unity, balance, and our collective pursuit of a mentally healthier life. This change is not about abandoning our past, but about embracing an inclusive future, a future where every man, regardless of his background, feel seen, heard, and supported in his journey towards mental well-being. As Brothers in Balance, we hope to reach out to even more men who need our help, support, and guidance. But rest assured, Scullygan isn't disappearing. It will continue to live on, and as our golf-centric arm, it will remain a reminder of where we started and what we're still passionately 
pursuing. Before we move on forward, I want to tell you that we're excited about this new chapter and we're looking very forward to presenting it more in our shops and in our future discussions with you, our listeners. And now I will step back and allow the Yosemite Sam, the bearded man, to jump in here. <laughs> back from vacation, back yeah. from dog attack, back in black. In black. In black, ready to bring it back, baby. Yeah. What do you have to say? Oh, first of all, you okay, bro? I am so good. I can't stand it. How about you, bro? Pretty good. So, so far, you know, we've been away for a little while. A few things have happened, right? Yeah, a few things. We had uh, Father's Day went by. Yes, it did. Which, by the way, happy belated Father's Day. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Uh, you did push out. I heard a wonderful son. I heard you pushed him out. I did. Yes. Yeah, he's doing fantastic, actually. Yeah. yeah, I pushed him out. I made him be a, become a man. That's yeah. good. Yeah, and he's actually thankful for that and grateful for that now. He wasn't at the time, <laughs> trust me. <laughs> it takes some of us to be alone for us to figure out what the hell we want to do. So. No shit. Now, uh, he was he was one of those, but he's I'll give my boy this. He's he's really good at understanding and, and he came around and, and he and I've sat and talked about it a few times and he's really appreciative that I did that push. It was like the bird pushing out of the nest type thing. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah, my father did the same, so it didn't kick me out of the house. <laughs> should have years yeah ago. i believe he should have yeah uh but we also had just recently on fourth of july yeah we did so uh it was pretty good so but i chose to kick it out of town for a little while and yeah, went on to the beach with the old lady and yeah burnt the hell out of my back yeah i know i just slept you on the back and yeah you, uh, it's pretty red it's probably a 30 degree burn i probably need to go to the hospital right here holy but hell <laughs> yeah i'll be all right um, you, do, you do know that your complexion now, don't you just rust? You don't tan. No. Okay. It just falls off. <laughs> yeah. It just falls right off. <laughs> Turn red, and then it either stays red. Or well, I see that you've grown more hair and yeah. more beard since I last saw you. I've actually gotten a haircut and trimmed the beard, so we seem to be going opposite directions. Right right opposite. Yeah. <laughs> You're the hairy bastard right now, and I'm not. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, you know, Father's Day, thanks, Dad. So. Yeah. <laughs> what can I say? Well, well there you go. Right. Well, we're going back to uh, mental health at work. This is part two. Yeah. Uh, men's mental health at work is an important yet often overlooked aspect of the overall well-being of employees and the organization climate. Mental health issues don't discriminate. They can affect anyone irrespective of their gender, position, or age. However, cultural norms societal expectations and gender stereotypes have created a perception perception that men most must be strong resilient and unfazed by emotional pressures which often leaves the topic of men's mental health in a workplace largely ignored and i would 100 percent agree with that yeah we've experienced that quite a bit we talked about it in the first one actually we did you know, it's 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 very ignored we're so i was, I was <laughs> Wait, last time we did, I had lunch with James again today. Oh, yeah. At Logan's? No, no, no. We went no. to Philly's today. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Logan's Wait. was too packed. Even Grace is given the old wow face. Yeah. We're yeah. absolutely amazed. Well, you know, I, it's really quiet over there. <laughs> so some days you require a little quiet. 
and uh, it was packed. I started to go to Logan's, and then we wound up over at Chili's. He was somewhere else, and he just happened to know where I was and just boogied on by. So, so he has your location. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th I threw it out to him. It's a little weird. Drug yeah, character. he tracked me down. I told him, you know, he, he, he's good company. So, uh, yeah, he's all right. But, yeah, we had talked about quite a bit of this, actually, in the first podcast. And, mm -hmm. you know, even touched on the gentleman I knew, the young man that we had talked about that was on the job. It's it is rather ignored. Uh, I was, uh, you know, and as you and I move forward, I believe that we need to interview more and more people regarding this. It's time to bring in some guests on yeah. this because I don't. I think that you and I have, a, you know, rather keen understanding of it, but you know, we don't experience it all. Mm -hmm. And I think it'd be good to get some people in that you know maybe had a few maybe a different perspectives. I would agree. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. so first of all, is uh, productivity and performance. Yeah. Uh, untreated mental health issues can significantly affect a person's ability to function effectively at work. This can result in decreased productivity, uh, higher turnover rates, <clears throat> which I can somewhat agree with that. I've been a part of several different jobs where um, some men and even some women that I have encountered have gone through this position where they're just something outside of work is completely bothered them and drained them to where they just ended up getting let go of. Really? Just simply because they just didn't have the appreciation to be at work because there was too much going on in their heads. Or, they were overwhelmed by it. Yeah. Outside, there of, was, or outside the office or outside of the workplace. There was nobody uh, there to help them out. Or you, There's even been times where even in the, in the position that they're in mm -hmm. with work itself, their boss or something like yeah. that has just been overwhelmed. You know, that's a that's a whole different, you know, discussion and we spend some time on mm -hmm. here. I mean, I always say that and I don't want to offend anyone out there. If you're offended by this, you don't you don't really have enough business experience to be offended by this statement. But if I know that if something bad is going on sometimes, I always look at the and this is and we always slam managers, uh, but it's not the fact that managers sometimes are purposefully doing these things. A lot of people are promoted into these roles and they're just not ready for them. They're just really good at the role they had prior. Right. And we put them or we push them into a managerial or supervisory role and they're not prepared mm -hmm. to deal with the mental aspect of it because there's more to management than just telling people what to do yeah. and sitting around and filling out forms and answering to the hierarchy. There's a lot more to it, and people don't realize that, I believe. Yeah, correct. I mean, I mean uh, <clears throat> the job that I was at before, working where I'm at now, uh, was a good guy. Absolutely was amazed with everything, where everything was ran. And it's just, it got to the point where I got told so many times that I was going to be a manager. I was going to be lifted up to somewhere where I needed, wanted to be. And the further and further we got on, it, you, you could tell it was just never going to happen. But at the same time, you could tell that he was pushing somebody else to get to that role. Really? Even though he led me on. So it was just kind of... Well, he was using it as a tool to yeah. get out of you. So as we got further into it, it just it never came around Yeah. to even get to that position. And even with the other guy, he never even got the position. So, And then uh, on top of that, he didn't like having uh, overtime for anybody. He didn't believe in it. Yeah. Um, he got really upset if you were there and he was still there. 
Really? And you were supposed to be clocked out. Oh. Um, but it is. It is what it is. It is it's, what it is. Exactly. Yeah. So you have to make that change to yourself. Okay, this is it's too toxic of an environment to be in. Exactly. And you know, it, it's funny because I'm, it, that is toxic. I'm I'm not a fan of the use of that word. You know, we've talked about it before, but mm-hmm. it's so overused now. You know, everything's toxic now if we don't particularly believe in it. But that is the, it, to me, the uh, definition of toxic because when you're leading someone on the, the, you know, to believe something that is never going to, you know, come to fruition. And, you know, honestly, that's what forced me years ago to start my company, actually, because I was in a role where I was, you know, an executive VP in a world of an organization, pardon me. And I was, you know, consistently being told, oh, we're going to meet with you. We're going to meet with the attorneys. We're going to do this. We're going to make you a part owner. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And this went on for years. And here I am just, you know, back in those days, you were seven days a week, 24 hours on, on the call. You were humping and, and hustling and doing whatever you needed to do. Then you got to that point of burnout. And yeah. you real, there was a realization that kicked in that this is never going to occur. Mm-hmm. And all I'm doing is making other people rich. And I'm not really, they're not looking out for my best interest. And I think whenever you realize that, there's a, it all comes home to roost. You know, you, you, then you're forced with making, and that is very, that affects your mental health. That, that right there, because you have these expectations, right? don't you? And then they never, once again, they never bear fruit. Yeah. And that, that's, that's rather shitty. Yeah. <laughs> for yeah. lack of better terms. And even on top of that, like going back to episode two about alcoholism and his alcoholism got at him. He would take it out on oh. his own employees, and wow. that's where he just kind of he was. It was almost as if it was he was maybe drinking at the time when he would yeah. lead people on, and then he'd get about it in some sense of way, and hmm. it just it got to the point where I was like, I, "We're not going anywhere." Yeah, so it's time for me to move on. And of course, by the time I moved on, he got really upset, and he turned around and he was like, "Oh well." You're going to go ahead and leave. You're going to a better place. That's fine. Uh, he ended up sending out a text to everybody else saying, Russell's leaving. Does anybody want his last two weeks? I was like, are you kidding me? Like, wow. had me in the message with that. That's really tacky. So I was just, and of course, but everybody kind of revolted against him and was like, no. And said no. But it's after I left, he ended up giving the job to the other guy. Yeah. And the other guy ended up leaving six to seven months later because everybody else that worked with him didn't really care for that guy. You know, it's funny. You know, I hear so many manager stories. I mean, we have a joke. I mean, I do. I mean, you know, I'll always say, you know, if there's something fruity going on or funky, use the other word I use, but uh, starts with an F. If there's something going on, there's a manager in the middle of it. Um, you know, we can have the best, especially at work. And since we're talking mental health at work and I am a CEO and I am a business owner, we have, we can have the loftiest ideals and we can want so many things, but it seems to die in the middle. I mean, you know, I can want things and I can say, and I can put out, uh, all the edicts. I want, I've actually, you know, I had people say, you know, well, Mike, you're the boss, you know, why don't, you know, just, you know, people just get in line, goose step. It doesn't work like that. Generally, I have to convince or you have to convince out there if you're a business owner listening in and you believe, and, and hopefully you do have someone in the middle or a manager or 
supervisor that is looking out for your best interest and carrying your best interest forward, then you're groovy. But you need to really re understand that and recognize and, and identify that they do because, you know, I can walk out the door. I've had this happening before. You can lay out what you want and you can have all these lofty ideals. Then you can leave for the day and it be totally changed when you walk out the door. Nine times out of 10, me as, a, as the owner of a company doesn't have near as much fear factor over frontline employees than a manager. Mm -hmm. I can tell you that much right now. Mm -hmm. So that's the reality of it. Yeah, and with all that leads into a workplace environment, a worker struggling with mental health may exhibit changes in behavior that can impact the workplace atmosphere. This can include increased irritability, difficulty collaborating with others, or disengagement from work activities. By supporting mental health, workplaces, workplaces can foster a more positive, supportive, and effective work environment. And I've got I've had this experience this past uh, few months ago after my breakup, where I went kind of went a little bit down that hole, and uh, a lot of my coworkers turned around and lifted me up and. It made work more fun. Yeah, we've talked about that. You have a very rare workplace. Yeah, you guys are very closely knit. It's uh, it's actually one of a kind. It's something like that, that you never even anticipate on happening. But wouldn't you want to? To me, I love to model that. Yeah, that is amazing. So, so pardon me. Whomever you have there around you is of the right mindset, and you have a collective of guys that are looking out for one another. Right. That is an amazing thing because that doesn't go on everywhere, man. I'm telling you. Uh, most of the time when you come to work with most employees, and, and if you're out there and you want to you know, tell us differently, please do. But I've noticed that most people don't get that level of support. Mm -hmm. There's not that camaraderie right. that we talk about, is right. there? No. I mean, that's very unusual. Yeah, I've, you know, I've always, there's always that saying, if you surround yourself with good people, you're going to excel. Yeah. If yeah, you don't yeah. surround yourself with if you surround yourself with bad people, you're gonna fall apart. Yeah, lay down with dogs, get yeah. up with fleas. Yeah. So, and even uh, my buddy, who's a, um, he's a state patrol, he's a trooper. Even he's a part of a group where they have an emotional stability group. I love that. Um, if they all, you know, you're a cop, you're a state trooper, you're gonna go through some serious stuff. Sure. Yeah. Um, and they're all they all sit in a circle once a week or so, or once a month, and all make sure everybody's doing okay. Is if they know that it could you can someone like that can easily fall apart when you're in that kind of line of work. Um, so that leads to physical health. Mental health struggles can also lead to physical health problems such as heart disease, which is a very big one, uh, high blood pressure, and a weakened immune system. Supporting mental health can therefore also contribute to improved physical health. And I've noticed that with myself. Um, when I kind of fell into that realm after a breakup uh, quite a few few uh, months ago, I noticed that my physical health was kind of deteriorating, and I turned around and was like, I, I got to go to the gym. I got to do some running. Yeah. And, uh, and now that I've got a girlfriend who is absolutely awesome, she's out there. She has me out there walking and mowing her yard now. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Well, you know, you're, you know, I would really help your mental health if you mowed my yard as well. Well, I mean, if you need me to, <laughs> I actually think it's it's against my mental health. It's against my mental health to mow my yard. I'm not gonna lie to you. Yeah, 
Well, that's what even now, like I'll go mow the yard and, and so like this past weekend, I caught my dad and I hate to call him out, but I mowed the yard on uh, Friday before I left for town uh, for the beach. And I get a, a notification on our cameras and he's out there mowing the yard a day after I mowed the yard. Really? So I called him out and I got home last night. I said, what's the reason for mowing the yard after I've already mowed it? He was like, I was just trying to clean up some pond straw. I was like, okay. Okay. All right. Well, hey, man, you know, you need time outside yourself. That's fine. Whatever. Yeah. You got paid again. My dad, it's funny you say that. My dad has been, uh, I won't say too much, but, you know, because dad's one of these. He's 76 and he doesn't like being 76. Mm-hmm. And he is an outdoor, do it, get it done. He can't sit still for long. He's going to find something to do. I have a feeling it's going to be me when I get old. It is. It is. <laughs> trust me. And because Star will say to me when I'm at the house, you know, I'll be sitting down and then I'll get up to go do something. And she'll say, you just can't sit down, can you? Mm-hmm. You know, I come from a, 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 I don't know, it's a mindset I have that, you know, if I'm not doing something, I'm not being, you know, if I'm not being productive, I'm letting myself down or someone else down, that type of thing. So that's been a struggle with me mentally over the years to learn how to relax, mm-hmm. actually. That's been a big deal to me, to stop working on something. I mean, Grace will tell you, I mean, we, we never run out of things to do, do we, Grace? I mean, no. we're constantly doing something. I think that's the te- I think that's, that's what you have to do. But I've had to pull, I've reined it in over the years. But my father, he's, he's struggling with it right now because... Physically, it's starting to get to him. Mm-hmm. You know, 76, you know, you work very hard for so long. It starts getting to you. And mentally, I know it's starting to bother him that he can't do what he used to do. And it's starting to really get to him. You know, when I talk to him on the phone or I talk to my mom, you know, I can tell and she'll say, you know, I'll call and say, what's your, you know, you know she'll, your dad's out in the yard. I can't get him in. You know, maybe if you talk to him, he'll come in <laughs> and stop for a while. But, uh, you know... I think as men, we want to seem productive and we want to seem relevant mm-hmm. and we struggle and we work towards that all the time. And then, of course, we forget that there's a very, it's very important to sometimes just go idle. Yeah. You know what I mean? And not do anything. Mm-hmm. You know, that's been a struggle for me. I'm not going to lie to you. That's been, if, if I could point to one thing that in me that has changed over the years, I'm 56 this year. That would change in me. It would be the fact that I've had to actually stop working so much mm-hmm. because it will it will get to you. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of going through that right now. Like a, a year ago, two years ago, I used to be a part where I would go to work, come home, do a little bit of yard work, then go inside and relax, play a little bit of video games. Mm-hmm. I haven't touched a video game in like two years. Oh, really? I've been rather just be outside doing yard work and taking the dog for a walk or playing around with Sydney and. Doing whatever else other than relaxing, and now I'm at this point where I'm like, all right, you gotta have a point where you can relax because we're going to bed later and later and later. <laughs> hey, before I forget, how was golf in Buford? It was fun. Yeah, uh, we played 27, almost 36 holes. Wow. Okay. Uh, shot four or five under the first round, and then shot. Yeah. Second round, we just we started drinking too much. We were having a good time. Well, that's all it, to me, that's all that matters. Yeah. Uh, we need to get out and play some golf, but it's getting that time. How was the weather when you were down there? Was it too hot or was it just right? It was hot. Was it? Yeah, I, I felt like it was. was. 
I mean, it was miserable. I had a buddy of mine, Mike, uh, contact me Friday and say, we ought to play golf Sunday. And I'm not going to lie to you, man. I just said no, because it's getting that time of year to where, oh my gosh, it's miserable. Yeah. I don't, I don't dig it at all. You know, James and I were talking about it at lunch today. He said, you know, I'm kind of into that thing right now where we ought to just stay at the, you know, go to the driving range every once in a while, just kind of stay tuned up mm-hmm. and then you know, wait for fall, yeah. you know, down here because it's so damn hot. Yeah. Or you just get that really early tea time. Yeah. Oh, I've you got to get out there. It depends on where you go play, though. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. that's the time when all the members go out. Exactly. It was on the beach. You expected to be, I mean, we, we had the wind, but still it was... There was times in the morning where there was no wind, and it's just like it's ten o'clock, eleven o'clock, and you're already just blistering in this heat. And well, there bugs. Yeah, well, bugs weren't too bad nets. when we were out there. Yeah, we sand nets. I want to get out there. I, I I told Star though. I mean, I want to go down, and, and I've never played where you played, so I'm going to go down. And it's play actually uh, Old South Golf Club. It's actually just off the Island of Hillhead. Yeah. Okay. So, which I'll be... So, we're past Beaufort, heading towards yeah, Hilton Head. Correct. To pick that. Another okay. 30 minutes. I normally just play over on Fripp. On Fripp? They've got two yeah. courses over there. So, I'll normally go down and play those two courses. But mm-hmm. uh, I don't... Uh, I'd like to go up and check that out. Yeah, we almost played at those courses. But we were like, oh. I was like, I know this course. This is, come on. We wanted yeah. to go play somewhere that had some really good marsh views. Some uh-huh. type of ocean views that were going to be pretty good. And... At least 75% of the golf course was all Marshall. It was all cool. marsh. Cool. So it was very nice. It was, it was a good place to get out. And then, of course, I got round two in August, uh, middle of August or so. Really? I'll be on uh, St. Simon's with my family. Okay. Wow. Okay. Well, we'll just try to schedule everything around all your vacations. Yeah, How about that? Well, you know, it, you're the CEO. You can go in anytime you want. Yeah, I know. I keep getting reminded of that. By my wife as well. She's yeah. like, I'm just waiting one day. I'm gonna get a phone call telling. She's gonna be telling me. You need to tell Mike to get the hell off of work. You know, I believe that call will probably come pretty soon, brother. <laughs> trust me. She's uh, the other day. She was like, "What are you doing?" You know, but yeah, and you know, it's funny because I, I think it's because we have so many irons in the fire right now that I've got to learn to let loose. Yeah, see, that's where you need to learn to relax, like you were just saying. Yeah, like I was just instructing everyone yeah, else. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm the preacher, but not the, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, preaching to the choir, baby. Um, you know, and then we go into this men's mental health at work, and we're talking about this because Russell and I thought this was a very good, you know, subject to talk about. And mm-hmm. the reasons why men, men's mental health at work is often ignored and extremely multifaceted, actually, is a, a lot of it has to do with stigma and masculinity norms. You know, society often expects men to be tough, resilient, stoic. Admitting to struggling with mental health issues can be seen as a sign of weakness, which contradicts these traditional ideas, pardon me, of masculinity. You know, this societal pressure, pardon me, can prevent men from seeking help and discourage discussions around men's mental health in the world place and I know that that was a very big part of my experience when I was coming up you know my 20s 30s and 40s and this I don't think I'm I don't think I have as much a problem nowadays admitting my weaknesses as I had in the earlier years because I was actually when you work for other people sometimes I can tell you this much that I worked for a group one time before that if you admitted that you had 
mental health issues, you were more than likely going to be replaced. You were more than yeah. likely going to find someone else. And this was back before, and all you touchy-feely, emotional, all that crap out there can say, well, that's just not fair. And I can tell you that fair normally doesn't have a whole lot to do with things in life. And, and you know, when I was coming up through my profession, you were just expected to be strong. Exactly. You weren't expected to fall apart at the seams. It wasn't anything like it is nowadays. And I think we have a pretty good mental health check-in scenario around even the people I'm around. I, I hope we do. I try to check in with my people, make sure they're okay. And we've talked about this before. As a leader, it's difficult because you're expected to remain strong and make sure that uh, or ensure that everyone around you is is okay. And sometimes you're not okay. Sometimes you're struggling yourself. You've got your own, you know, we tend to forget. And I, I do reach out to you, everyone out there that, you know, we, we talked about managers earlier, but I also encourage you to support your managers. I, I encourage you to support the leaders around you because you don't know what they're going through. They, you know, they may be having a bad managerial moment, but it may be entirely, you know, due to something that is beyond, you know, or, you know, might be in their control, might be out of their control. You know, you spoke of, you know, maybe the guy had a, the fellow you were talking about might have had an alcohol problem. You know, uh, I'm wondering if anyone ever helped him with that. Um, you know, we expect men especially to be uh, bulletproof, mm -hmm. foolproof, not have an issue, to have all the answers, uh, to kill the bugs, take out the trash. We've got a, a and that's stereotypical as well. You know, our, our wives, our loved ones. Now, I don't know. I don't know if this has changed recently, but I remember that a woman in my era, and my wife especially, will tell you that she expects her, a man around her, her man, to be a man. Yeah. To handle shit, to be okay. But then she also understands that I have bad moments, bad days. Need to talk about them uh, or don't need to talk about them. I don't know about you, but there are some things I just don't want to talk about. I'd just rather just go have a glass of bourbon, just sit down, relax, and blow off that steam. Mm -hmm. I also have a tendency to not carry it home. Um, but that's not a good thing sometimes because you're not talking to someone. Exactly. You know, I can call you or we can text each other and blow off steam or just mess with each other. It, you know, I think sometimes that's a good way of, you know, like today I'm, I didn't even know James was going to show up because I was just, messing with him, uh, giving him shit via text, like you and I will do. And, um, you know, I mean, and, and he's getting used to it, which is kind of cool. But I think that leads us to what, what I'm talking about is really a lack of awareness and understanding because mental health problems aren't always visible. We don't always see it. And it's easy to overlook and misinterpret, uh, especially men who might, uh, you know, sometimes people want to hide their struggle or exhibit less, uh, in front of others, they don't want to be called out on it. And, uh, you know, I went, we kind of went into this before, I believe we did, but, uh, you know, limited resources and not all workplaces provide adequate resources or support for mental health. And that's a barrier. Additionally, some men may not know how or where to seek out help, might be hesitant to use the resources that are available particularly if they're concerned about confidentiality or job security. I go back to that job security thing all the time. I can tell you right now, I, I know for a fact that men lose their jobs and will be, or someone else will be interviewed tomorrow mm -hmm. when they lose their vigor or their assuredness. 
especially if if you're like in a sales role or in a leadership role and you start cracking and people see it and you don't reach out, there's a very real possibility. I see why men don't talk about it because I can tell you right now that there's not a lot of support for it. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of not a lot of understanding, not a lot of support. Yeah. And and I think that that's sad because here we are stuck in something. I made a comment the other day, you know, to someone. Um, and I, I don't mean this as a, in a negative way, but there are a lot of women out there that just do not appreciate the fact that men have emotions as well. Mm-hmm. You know, that we can have a down moment. Yeah, I've seen a few videos like that on Facebook that have come around. It's kind of weird how that works. Yeah. Isn't that crazy, yeah. though? And that's one of the reasons why most men, no, I wouldn't say most men, but some men, they just kind of tend to just keep a hush-hush. Or, yeah, go go silent. Or uh, there's even there's even some guys that I know now that just don't care to be in a relationship at the moment because they're worried because of stuff like that. I don't so know. It's man. like they're trying to uh, train themselves mm-hmm. to be a stronger version of themselves mm-hmm. without going down that rabbit hole. Yeah. I don't know if that's wise. I've, I've, you know, Russell and I continue to tell you that, or suggest, pardon me, not tell you, uh, that you should, should reach out, uh, you know, confide in your bros. Uh, you know, Yo K Bro was built around that. Uh, this whole thing, this Brothers in Balance is built around where we believe that we can be more supportive of one another in, in, in not only the realm of life, but work. And, and work makes up such a tremendous part of our identity. And I know that to be true. A lot of people, now I don't gather a lot of identity from my work. I, I enjoy what I do, but I, because my work is kind of spread out over many, many things that I do. I don't have one particular job that I go to every day that does the same thing. Yeah, you have too much going on. Well, yeah. Um, but calm it down. I do, don't I? <laughs> yeah, I need to need to go play some golf, so I need yeah. to. But and then we, you know, we we that kind of leads us into this fear of negative consequences. Uh, I think that men may fear that admitting they're struggling with their mental health will have negative professional consequences. Uh, and we talked about it, such as job loss, damage to their professional reputation, or being passed over for for promotions. Yeah, that that brings me to uh, one of my managers, um, he's, his kid's a little, a little bit famous right now. He was on uh, the local news channel. Yeah. Um, but this was his very first kid, and they went through a very serious case. With their son had a tumor in their in his brain. Oh, hell. Um, and it began to grow, mm-hmm. and it just wasn't going down the right hole. And I, you can kind of tell that there was something wrong with him. But yeah. You know, for most time with work, you don't really want to bring in what's going on outside of work. Right. Sometimes you have, you, you just want to ask. Yeah. And uh, there's been multiple times that I've asked, but it's also been the entire crew would turn around and ask him how, if he's doing okay, make sure he's doing all right. It was not too long ago, I think it was last week or the week before, but his son just rang the bell. So he is groovy. He's doing Love a, a whole lot better, doing a whole lot better than what he was doing before. So. Yeah, it's it's really pretty cool because he, our manager is doing a lot better. He's coming around with more of a smile on his face. Can you imagine the trauma? I mean, can you imagine having to deal with that? And yeah, coming to work it's, and having to deal with the likes of you. Yeah, just trying to hide it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot to handle. 
<laughs> yeah, it is a lot to handle, man. Well, you know, I can't imagine all these females that come in here and have to deal with you. Oh, yeah, that's awful. Especially now, Grace. Yeah, Grace. I feel for Grace, man. Yeah, she, uh, she, but I, you're all right, aren't you, Grace? I guess so. She guess so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're really lucky. I think that, you know, both, I think that where it begins is and being okay with just being open and honest mm-hmm. and letting it go. Because when you bottle it up, you know, I was fixing to say this earlier, we were talking about something, but what it was reminiscent to me or what it reminded me of is, is just bottling it up, keeping it all in, not wanting to talk about it. And then it always, it's like a pressure cooker, man. Yeah, it, it really is. I know that for, and I had, I had an instance last week. I'm not, not, a, not ashamed to talk about this, but in kind of a way I am. Mr. Calm, cool and collected, uh, who spends so much time on his mindset, lost his shit last week. I think there's only so much pressure that you can go under. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have a consistent release, and I hadn't, you had abandoned me. You were playing golf. <laughs> don't put this on me. <laughs> it's your fault. <laughs> you had abandoned me. No, I'm messing with you. Uh, but no, I mean, it, you know, I was having one of those weeks to where I, and, and it, this had been coming along, and I had been bottling up this emotion. I had been bottling it up. I had been trying to deal with things as 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 you know as kind and as mature as I could. Mm-hmm. And so, don't be surprised out there if you're not letting off some of the pressure off of the pressure cooker as you go along. At some point, that lid is going to blow, and it happened to me last week. I'm not proud of it, uh, but on the other side of it, I think that it was extremely necessary because it helped me realize some things. And I think it solidified some other things. So I'm not excusing it by any stretch of the imagination, nor suggesting that as a tool. But I am telling you that if you don't let these things go, if we don't talk about them, if we don't release them, it'll it'll bottle up. It'll it'll become a massive uh, problem. Mm-hmm. And then also when you get into that state, you are not as you're not as coherent as you need to be. You're not yeah. as yeah, you're yeah. all lost in space. Bro. Yeah, you are. You're 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 you It's like a this steam going off, brother. It goes everywhere. Yeah, I went through that. that same thing, but not for me. It was my girlfriend. She just has a lot going on. With she just got a new car. Yeah. So she's having to deal with payments, and on top of that, her house and all kind. Of, it's just all she balled it all up, and then right before we go on vacation, it just <laughs> blew up and. The only thing that I could do was just say, you know, I understand and just kind of gave her that attention and just a listening ear for her to just kind of just let it all out. And she eventually, you know, on vacation, she turned around and she goes, you know, I appreciate you just letting me vent. You, you, because there's yeah, sometimes you just need to. You vent. were a listener. I was. You know, I, it's funny you bring that up. You've met my wife. Um, She's and the sweetest thing. Sweet she can be. I don't know how she deals with your <laughs> yeah. lot to handle. It's like a five-year-old child. <laughs> thank you. Um, <laughs> thank you. Um, but, you know, she she had a, a, a situation, you know, recently that, that bottled up on her because she's been, you know, with her, what she's suffering from. Mm-hmm. What she stresses on and what, she, what came out was she's really upset. She's upset that she, in her mind, she's not a wage earner anymore in our family. 
and she feels rather guilty about that. She's losing like a sense of purpose. Yeah, and I don't even think about that because I don't because I know all I'm concerned about is her health. So I hadn't been listening at some of the levels I should have been, and I was just you know oh don't worry about it, and I was glossing it over because it really wasn't that big of a deal to me, and not realizing it was to her. Mm-hmm. I can say that, and so you know I. I believe that once in a while we need to realize that not only do we need to be able to express ourselves, but the people that we love need to be able to express themselves to us mm-hmm. and we need to be prepared for it. So that's really cool that you brought that up. Oh, yeah. I don't have any much more to offer here, except, uh, you know, I'll just kind of close that, uh, you know, we're very happy that you're here with us and we hope that what we're doing here resonates with you and we'd love to hear with you uh, from you, pardon me, that it does. I wanted to tell you, Russell, that I did get a message, we've gotten a couple actually over the last couple of weeks of people saying how much what we did resonated with them and uh, I try to encourage them to talk more about it, but I think that people move at their own pace and that's groovy. Yeah, that um, even uh, my girlfriend's sister's boyfriend, I played golf with him, and he's the one we, we were playing golf in Buford, and he, he told me, he was, he's listened to every episode, which is fantastic. I appreciate you, brother. Uh, calling you out, Ricky Manuel. I appreciate you, man. That's awesome. Thank you, Ricky. Um, but also, he even kind of sat down and told me about some issues that he's going it. through. I love it. I was like, we, we had dinner over uh, one night of playing golf over at uh, – Village Deli, and we just kind of had a little brother bro, brother moment at the, yeah. in at the in the parking lot after we got done eating. And I love it. We sat there and hugged it out, and we're like, "Hey, man, I like that." Appreciate you. I think that's really cool. And you know, before signing off, uh, you know, I really want to assure all of you that while our name may change, you know, we want to move to the Brothers and Balance. We'll still keep the Sculligan as our golf arm of things, and we intend mm-hmm. on doing a lot more with that. Um, you know, our intentions are, are true and they are grand and we are working both of us through our you know, through our own lives and through what we do to ensure that not only we pay attention to this, but all those we love and care about. But before signing off, I want to assure you again that I'll, while that name may change, our dedication to promoting men's mental health remains unwavering. Brothers in Balance will continue to stand for the same values, embody the same spirit, and strive for the same goals that Sculligan has always stood for. And we're excited about this new chapter and can't wait to embark on this journey with you, our brothers in balance. And, you know, I know that I, I say this for both Russell and I. We thank you for your continued support for being part of this uh, wonderful community we're building. So, as always, I'm going to leave it to Russell. But before I do, I want to tell you that talked with uh, spoke with grace earlier and we're going to be putting some brothers in balance uh things in the shop and we're going to be changing some things up so there'll be some items available and really i want you to um you know recently uh, I'm a, sound of freedom starting out and saw that saturday night mm. it's about uh child abduction child sex trade mm. something people don't talk about a lot it's starting to get really bad too terrible uh Took them five years to get this movie to the theaters because it was so it was not supported. We don't want for some you know this pedophilia thing that's going on and and from what I understand the United States is the number one consumer in all this mm-hmm. of this transportation of these children to our shores for this purpose. And I encourage you to go see this movie or uh, you know grant or give free tickets to others so they may see it. 
that type of groundswell of public support is going to be absolutely necessary as we go to control these issues that are plaguing America. So not only is it the children that are being sold into sex slavery, you know, and I, I don't want to uh, even equate that to men's mental health because it is a different level, but I will tell you that every one of these issues requires a groundswell of community support. People like you and I and Russell and, and, and Grace and everyone around us that wants to make a positive difference, then we've got to work for that. We can't sit around and wait for a governmental agency or a, or a, or a program or anything else to come along and fix our ills or our woes. We got to work on these things together and we have to champion them. So I do encourage you to not only get involved in that, but encourage the brothers around you to 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 be okay, yo okay, bro. Uh, you know whether it's going out and playing golf with them and and you know throwing a skulligan cat on uh, cap on. Pardon me, that would be cool a skulligan cat. And uh, you know going out and playing some golf and having fun. But this brothers in balance. This is what we're all about, baby. We're we're trying to make a a a a, a change here, a positive change. And uh, I couldn't be more. Uh, you know, just encouraged by it. Uh, it's encouraging to see Russell. It's encouraging to see he, as he and I sit here today. He's, you know, he's got on his shirt. He's ready for action. He's, he's here, and he and I are stopping what we're doing, and we're wanting you to stop what you're doing, even if it's just for a couple of minutes a day. Resonate on the things that are important, and take action against them. That's all I have to say, bro. And I feel like I was just in a locker room, like ready to go get some football. It's got vamped up. It's new smart over here. Yeah, man. Hey, bro. You gotta do what you gotta do. Go dogs, by the way, you know. Go baby. Uh but as Mike says, y'all we're here, we're getting ready to add more to our uh, to our store. So y'all go in and check out our store. Um at the same time, rate our show, let us know how we're doing, even email us or yeah. Whatever way of contacting us you, you can do to let us know how we're doing, or maybe there's a topic or something that you want us to talk about. You know, hit, let us know. Uh, from Mike Frazier and I, Russell Sable, here at the new Brothers and Balance podcast. Good night, everybody. Good night. This episode of Scullygan is sponsored by Peak Talent Capital Solutions. Peak is a revolutionary alternative to the traditional staffing model. Ingenuity, intelligence, and keen marketplace insight drives talent management solutions which make a dynamic difference for partner organizations. From entry level to executive level and every role in between, Peak is illuminating a path forward and meeting the future of work head on.